My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. I'm coming to you from the Hickson campus of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And we'd love to have you come and visit us. But if you're not in the area, please go to OurSundaySchool.com to see all of the resources we saw in class. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. All right, if you got your Bibles, open up to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. All right, and if you got your handout from last week, uh, it's the exact same handout this week. Uh, we, we literally took the extras and put them in the pulpit and then put them back out on the table. So there is nothing different about it. The one online has an updated date, but that's about it. So uh, last week's handout will go just fine. All right, so let's take a start this morning with our question that we ask. Uh, What is God doing in you through his word from the portion of Mark we've studied so far? What's God doing in you through his word from the portion of Mark we've studied so far? Yes, Doug, sorry, didn't see your hand. Darla has an addendum. Complexity, right? It's really messy. I actually think that's one of the themes in all of Scripture, the messiness of relationship. Yeah. How much mess was there inside the Trinitarian relationship before God created anything else? None, right? Creates angels, and what does he get? Mess. Creates people, what does he get? Mess. All throughout the entire book. And the resolution at the end is resolution of the mess. I think there's a book in there somewhere. I don't know. Maybe it's just a long tweet. <laughs> he does, right? Isn't it crazy? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Yeah, it's astonishing. It's just, you know. I had somebody ask me at work the other day, what do you, they said, uh, you've been teaching the Bible for a while. What's the, what's the most uh, amazing thing that you've ever learned? And I was like, well, that God loves me. I mean, I don't, I got, I literally got nothing better than that. That's just, <laughs> I mean, I can read intellectually and see the statements that he says about his character to understand why, but he does, you know, it's just astonishing. All right, one more. What's God doing in you through his word 
from the portion of Mark we've studied so far. All right, we've got a couple hands. Yes, Dave? early church had this odd habit of repeating the rabbinical tradition in the Old Testament of making up stories and filling in the gaps uh, relative to what's not told. There's all sorts of rabbinical myth. And uh, one of the early church myths was that, uh, that when Jesus came back to heaven, that there was a conversation between Christ and the angels. And the angels looked and said, well, what, like, what are you doing? Like, it, it's, this is not, like, it's not done yet. He's like, I, I know that that's, that's the plan. They said, well, what's plan B? He's like, I don't have a plan B. That's the plan. And uh, it's this, yeah. yeah. And I can't believe you gave up the opportunity to use the word seediness relative to evil. Um, <clears throat> so calling you out on your lack of pun there. All right, was there a hand over here? I thought there was, maybe. No? Okay. All right. Yes, Josh? One more small thing. Uh, I've heard, let your mess be your message. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where we, that's what I like about this church, is that we allow that mess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we allow mess, that's right. <laughs> we give it a microphone, too. <laughs> yeah, we talk about that, the blue paint analogy, having it all over here. Yeah. We talk about that quite a bit, and that's, I think, more correct. Yeah, good. Well, the beautiful thing is that the Gospels don't hide it, right? I mean, even the, the authors of some of the letters and the books in the, in the Scripture I mean, I, I just can't imagine writing that down and then clicking publish, you know. <laughs> Except we do it on Facebook. I guess that's sort of the same, but yeah. yeah I don't know. No, like <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for pushing back against that. Good. Excellent. Good, good, good. So what are we going to do next, guys? We're going to read the Bible. So... I say this about once a month or so, but if you feel comfortable just listening to the text being read, just listen to the text being read. If you feel comfortable following along, that's great. Um, But I don't want to... uh, I find sometimes that when I am following along, I can actually get distracted trying to do two things at once with the reading and the listening at the same time. So totally up to you. So we're in Mark chapter uh, 4 today. So again, he began to teach beside the sea. And a very large crowd gathered about him, 
so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil. And immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive, and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word. And it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said to them, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And he said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, than the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. And he said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which, when sown on the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make it nests in its shade. With many such parables he spoke the word to them, as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples he explained everything. And on that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, 
asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? All right, so if you've got your handouts, flip over to the homework part one. Should be on page 104. It's the next to last page of your handout. So how many of you are on Twitter? Is anybody on Twitter? It's like three of you. How many of you know what Twitter is? You've heard of Twitter? Yes? Okay. There's a uh, couple of people that I follow on Twitter. Uh, and I, uh, I found a website that, uh, and this is like the most millennial thing to do ever, so here you go, just, I own this, uh, that you can take a tweet and have it laser etched into a piece of uh, wood. And I found out this morning that this is ash. Is that what you said it was? Yes, excellent. So for those of you that are wondering, this is ash wood, which I think is appropriate to burn something into. I feel like there's a joke there, right? Albert's waving me off and saying, don't continue with this path of jokes, right? So um, one of the things that I find when I stand up and teach is that there is an expectation that whoever is here has all of the answers. And I want to make sure that we all understand that that is neither true nor the intent. Uh, So this is one of my favorite tweets. It's a guy named Jared Wilson. He's a fantastic author. I would commend his books to you. And the tweet is, uh, this is a conversation he had at the uh, beginning of a sermon one time. Uh, A visitor in his church came up to him. He said, so you're the preacher? He said, yes. He said, so you're the guy with all the answers? He said, no. I'm the guy who points to that guy. And I want to make sure that we understand that when we dig in and study and look and peer and try and engage and work at Bible study, because I don't know where it came from, but there's this belief in Christianity right now that Bible study is supposed to be easy, that it's just supposed to come naturally and everything is simple and truths just jump off the page with no effort whatsoever. And we, we really don't see that taught anywhere in Scripture. We, we literally, in today's text, see the exact opposite of that, that it is very, very difficult. And when Jesus engages in parabolic teaching, uh, I, I went and looked up... Don't do that again. That was a good note. Uh, I went and looked up... Oh, it's actually right there. It's on my phone. That was a really stupid place to put the information, wasn't it? Like I said, I don't have all the answers. <laughs> There's a lesson inside a lesson right there for you, Josh. There you go. Uh, I went and looked up in one of my resources this morning the, the meaning of the word parable. And we, we do this with a lot of words. We take the word and we 
really boil it down to its simplest essence, and then we try to make it pithy, and then kind of send it back out, right? And um, as it was used in the first century in, in the literature around the scripture as well, uh, it, it did not just mean a, a story with a point. It meant a story with a point that you're not going to get immediately, that it's going to take some effort and thought, and there's a conclusion that's going to come later. Uh, so if this is your first really foray into rolling your sleeves up and doing a parabolic study, uh, and you, you look at some of these and you go, what kind of, like, that's just weird. Just please read all of Mark chapter 4 and put yourself squarely in the camp of the disciples who also did not understand it the first couple of times either. That is okay. Because this, where we are right now, is not the end of our story. We're still in the middle of this. So if this is difficult, if you feel pushback, if this feels uncomfortable, just think about this as our first couple of days in the gym where we're sore afterward and it just feels weird. But uh, don't give up. And then my other tweet, because you can't just get one of something, right? you got to get two of something because, you know, it's there. Uh, My new favorite band is City Alight. It's one word, uh, City, A-L-I-G-H-T. And uh, they were talking about um, how, what their desire was for their music. And this is what they said. We pray that our songs might join the many thousands of songs written through history to encourage the church. And when they have played their role, to make way for the next ones. And we rejoice that one day the only name left standing will be the name of Jesus, as it should be. So as we dive into this and as we start asking questions, I want us to make sure that we put any pressure to come up with the greatest answer ever. Just flush that. It's really okay. This is the messy part of this work, and it's all right to be messy. It's okay and safe to be wrong in here. We will gently love and correct each other out of heresy. I promise you. There are enough, uh, there's enough love in this room to not let heresy just kind of simmer and stir and hang out. So it's all right. So with that, how many of you did your homework? All right, so I'm going to give you a couple of minutes to do your homework. So, And if those of you that, I did it again, wow. <laughs> Slow learner this morning. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so these are the purple questions. So here's what, you, here's what you need to do your homework. You need a Bible and the questions. And cheating is okay and encouraged. So hopefully a few things are obvious at this point. One is that none of these questions is of a private or personal uh, uh, aspect. These are uh, factually related, uh, oriented questions about the text. There is not a, how does this make you feel? Uh, What does this mean to you? Uh, Or any such garbage. Uh, Ms. Thesa, what category would we put these questions in if we had to group them into a bucket of a particular Bible study? Yeah, this is the who, what, where, when, why. This is the, this is the observation. We're looking at the text. We're asking really basic questions. Uh, does anybody want to know more about how to do that? 
Anybody want to know more about how to do that? I have a book to give away. Does anybody want to know more about how to do that? You've read the book, Dave. Yes, awesome. Amy's like, he's going to continue to ask the question until somebody says yes, so she'll just save the group, right? Thank you, sir. It's a good one. What's up, Luke? Um, hopefully, another thing that is obvious about these questions is that to fully answer them, uh, you'd need pages and pages and pages of space. Uh, I was watching uh, as you were writing, and some of you were running out of room, and it kind of started to go upside in a good, right? It, we shouldn't expect to spend, and I think it was about eight and a half or nine minutes uh, that I let you kind of go. We shouldn't expect in eight and a half or nine minutes to fully exhaust the riches of a parable of Jesus. These things are deep and deep and deep. And the disciples themselves have been with Jesus for several months at least at this point. And, uh, and they didn't get it. Like at all. Like there was, there was nothing there. This is the when you tell your kids to go do something and they stare back at you as if they've never heard English before. Right? It's the what's going on here. So let's run through these uh, and see what we've got. So what are the elements described in this parable? Just shout them out. There's a sower. Seeds. Soil. There's what? Sun. Yep. Birds. Thorns. What'd you say? No. Satan is not in the parable. There's a harvest. What else? Some of you are like, wait, he's not? Nope. He's an explanation. He's not in the parable. Lack of a harvest. There you go. What else? Say again. Life and death. Okay. There's a path. Yes. That's exactly right. There's a plan. Where's the plan? Oop, nope, we're not getting theological. We're observing. Where's the plan? Where's the plan in the text? Where's the plan? Right, but there's... Where does the text say there is a plan? I'm pushing back because it's not... Obviously, we're looking for things that are stated in the text. Yep. Theology comes after observation. Like, and when we get the order backward, it's, we end up with name it, claim it. <laughs> What's that? Uh, so that would be the differences, right? So those are our next questions, yes. But we're just still in the elements described in the parable question, just the very first one. What are the elements in the parable? We're looking for nouns. I'll give you a hint. Say it again. Grain, yes. Birds. Uh, no, it's actually not. Sorry. Yeah, nice try. The sun, yep. Good, good. So we just, we want, say it again. Rocks, thorns, yes. So we're just looking for, like, what's here? What's physically here? All right, next question. What are the different places the seed landed? Wait, wait. It, it landed where? Along the, path. along the path. Right, along the path. 
make sure we get it exact here. We want to make, we want to make sure we're, we're clear. Along the path, where? Where else? On rocky ground, where else? It's the thorns, right? Among the thorns, where else? What about good soil? What about good soil? I heard it. Into good soil. That's right. Into good soil. Good. All right, so what are the similarities among these places? What's that? It's, yeah, there's, it's, it's where? They're all on the ground, right? Yep. They're what? All on the ground, right? What else? They all received the seed. They were capable of receiving seed. Okay, good. Within the sower's reach. There you go. Along the way, right? Does it say the same field? Hang on just a sec. Where's it at? What verse? Verse 3. Listen, a farmer went to plant some, set, some seed. He scattered it across his field. Some of it fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate What translation are you using? Ah, I'm glad that you said that, because the New Living Translation is not a translation. It is a paraphrase. It is, um, if you are going to select a Bible for study, not that. Very good. Very good. <laughs> so, so one of the things that I love, I love, I love, is when you guys say something, I'm like, where, where is that in the text? That is wonderful. Like, hang on, let me see this. This is good. This is how we learn, though, right? This is how we learn. It's the process. One of the reasons that, uh, that I picked the ESV for this is, it is it's, what called it, it's what's called an essentially literal translation. So um, you can't just take every Greek word and turn it into an English word and then read that. It, it's, it's gibberish and nonsense. It's just... The order's awful. The structure's awful. Like, Stacy, you, you, you would just be angry if I read out of it. it was just, it's just horrible, right? So, but the essentially literal is just trying to make it at least as consistent for an English reader to understand without inserting a lot of things that just aren't in the text. So there's that. All right, so similarities. Uh, what are the differences among these places? They all have different They're different what? Various results, right? And different environment, environment right? Okay. They have different degrees of outside forces influencing them depending on where they land. Yeah, okay. What else? Different depth. Yes, yes, yes. It's a man that understands the value of a good preposition. That's exactly right. I spent a considerable amount of time last week talking about prepositions. I even showed you that stupid circle again, right? You remember that stupid circle with all the arrows? And you look at me funny every time I do it. And I'm like, it matters. Because it wasn't just on top of the good soil. It was ice. It was into the good soil. It matters how this stuff happens. 
these details matter. What's the next question? What other similarity? Now, this is a hard question. <laughs> what other similarities exist in the parable, and what other differences exist in the parable? They were given an opportunity to grow. Okay, Josh, you're making some motion with your hand here. You sure do. What other similarities and differences exist in the parable? So we're sowed, right? So we're sowed and sowed and sowed and sowed. The seed is the same. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And the differences? I was really honestly trying to listen to you both, and it didn't work at all. Did you see the angst in my... It was like, I can't do it. Nope. <laughs> All right, so... The, the ground became more hostile for the seed as he went until he got to the good soil. The ground became more hostile for the seed. Because mm-hmm. along the path, it was, it, it, the birds immediately... Or semi-immediately... I don't know that you can say that confidently. Well, as, as the story went. Because... So was there any success for the first three? Was there any long-term success for the first three? It's the only kind of success that matters in God's kingdom. Was there any, that's long-term success. Was there any long-term success for the first three types of soil? No, there wasn't. There you go. Thanks. Uh, Darla. That's right. So you had some that yielded, and different levels of yield, right? Not all the yield is the same, okay? Uh, you said something, and I'm, I saw Dave next. You didn't? No? Here? I see that hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the audience was uh, universally confounded, right? Yeah. Yep. Perfect. That is a spectacular spot to end on right there. Because that's what we're going to talk about next week. So here's your homework for next week. This parable shows up in other Gospels. <gasps> and there are varying levels of uh, detail in other Gospels. And it may or may not shock you to find out that Marx has the... Yeah, <laughs> like we are, yeah, there's not much in Mark relative to this. So here's your homework for next week uh, to go and to find and to read this parable in the other Gospels and specifically Jesus's little interlude in verses 10 through, uh, little interlude sounded rude, uh, verses 10 through 12, 10 through really 13. Uh, where he quotes the Old Testament. So finding this text in the other Gospels, and extra credit is going and finding this uh, extended quote in the Old Testament. And as a good rabbi often does, not necessarily answering the question with the text that he quoted, but with the text that comes next from the text that he quoted. So looking at that as well. So that's your homework for next week. In addition to... Praying and hearing and thinking and talking and sharing and inviting about 
our Sunday school. So, hopefully you flexed a little muscle here that you hopefully flex a lot. And if you didn't, if this is new, then uh, welcome to what Bible study feels like. So, there's that. So, you should have a weekly update on your table. And uh, if you will lean in, engage, pray over those prayer requests. And when you are finished praying over those prayer requests, you are free to go in and to worship this one who can confound all and reveal to whom he will uh, the truth that he says. So thanks for coming to Sunday School today, guys. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to our weekly email. You can do both at OurSundaySchool.com.